Welcome back to Single Minded, where we are flipping the script on being single. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. Hopefully, you will have made it to New Zealand by the time this ep comes out. It's well, been a bit of a journey. I was meant to go on the 4th of June, so it was delayed a million times. And here we are. I am packed and ready to go. This episode's coming out in probably just over a week. So I hope that you've been following my travels on Instagram. So I'm heading to a lake house and we'll be doing hot springs and, you know, winter activities. I don't like winter holidays, so this is a first for me. Going on any hikes? I actually don't know. I'm mm. taking runners, not hiking boots, but I yes. have, I'm literally, it's one of those holidays where I'm turning up and letting someone else organise it all for me. Do you know I've been to New Zealand four times? I didn't know it was four times. Yeah. So first trip was the Milford Track Guided Walk. Amazing. Very I've highly heard. recommended. And the second trip was for a wedding in Queenstown. Mm-hmm. And we were bused to a winery, which had a nice little chapel. But the reception was held in a cave, which had really low ceilings, and everything was black. Black tablecloths, black mm-hmm. chair covers, black serviettes, and the bridesmaids were in black sparkle gowns. And it all sort of seemed a bit ominous. And I wondered, were we at some black tie goth festival? And the third trip, we walked the Queen Charlotte track. And those were the days of me eating meat. Every night we were so exhausted, we had a big, juicy NZ steak, thinking that it was making us stronger. And then the final trip we took with your sister mm-hmm. on bikes to the Otago Central Rail Trail, absolutely brilliant. And I remember one day it was long and hot across a big open field and we finally arrived at a huge pub with a beer garden for lunch. Alice and I lay down on the grass, too exhausted to do anything, and I, as usual, when I'm hot and overexerted, as you know, burst into tears. <laughs> yes. That that then set her off and we cried for about 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Were people looking at you? Yeah, we couldn't move. Anyway, we finally got up and had our lunch, but boy, oh, boy, that was a hard day. Well, this is my first trip, so I'm very excited and I'll be sharing the whole trip on Instagram if it goes ahead. Mm. To be honest with you, I've given up on travelling in COVID. I think this is the last trip for me. It's been the biggest nightmare and I I sent Qantas a message on Facebook, a Facebook message. It took them six days to respond and I, I posted it to my stories and I was like, Qantas, what is this? Is this a dating app? Like, honestly, getting on to Qantas has been pretty insane. But it's all good. I know you're going to get there tomorrow. Mm-mm. And Hannah, what time are you leaving tomorrow? I've got to get up at 4.30 in the morning. So I'll, I'll okay. have had exactly an hour and a half worth of sleep. Because I was a bit scared you've told me you haven't packed. I would have already have packed two days ago. Yep. I've got to be awake and, yeah, still haven't packed. <laughs> anyway, today I am interviewing Alicia Bojwani. She is a Instagram friend of mine. We chat dating all day, every day. We actually send voice memos on Instagram all the time about our dating woes. So her and I are going to chat about voice memos. I'm very excited to um, welcome Alicia Bajwani to the podcast. She is a content creator from Sydney. We've been chatting a lot on Instagram about the single life because 
you were in a relationship for almost 10 years, but you've been single for the last two years. Is that right? Yes. Yes, I have. 10 years. (laughs) Wow. So we've spoken a lot about dating apps and about the good, the bad. Um, You've been sharing some of your tips with me privately. So I thought I'd bring you on to share those publicly. So I'd love to start with your relationship history, what happened when that relationship ended and what the last two years have been like in the single life. Yeah. So I was with my ex for 10 years. So we pretty much grew up together. We did our 20s together you know, he was at like every big life moment for me, my 21st, you know, all the kind of ups and downs life throws at you in your 20s. And funnily enough, he got a job offer in Melbourne. And so he moved to Melbourne and we tried to make long distance work. And then I moved to Melbourne Mm -hmm. for him. And uh, that did not work out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The day I moved, he was like, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, what do you mean? My stuff is here. My car is here. My boxes are here. <laughs> I have quit my job. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was like, I just don't know. I don't know if I feel this anymore. And I was like, wow, there is a lot more here to unpack. Mm. And, you know, we did the back and forth, back and forth. And just in the end, I found some stuff out that obviously didn't sit with me very well and I wasn't comfortable with it. And there had been, you know, other people that he'd been talking to and, It was really weird. Like when I found out, I weirdly like floated above (laughs) this situation and Mm. I was like, what am I doing here? Mm. Why have I moved to Melbourne for someone and I don't know who I am anymore? Because I'd spent 10 years with someone. So I'd lost myself so much in this one person and I put so much into this relationship that I was like, I just don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not valued. And I just straight away was like, I'm leaving. I'm going home and just moved back to Sydney in like like two days, essentially. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then (laughs) did you take a little break in between, like, no dating for a little bit, I'm assuming, or you went straight back out there? Some people get straight on the dating apps when something like that happens. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I pretty much moved back to Sydney and then told no one I was in Sydney. So everyone thought I was in Melbourne for two months. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, cool, let me just heal myself a little bit. Yeah. Did some of that. And my mum was like a legend. She was just like bringing me food in bed. It was, you know, when you're really sad, obviously when something ends, you just need to take that time to just heal yourself. Yeah. And then, yeah, probably like four weeks or five weeks after or something like that, my sister was like, why don't you just download the dating apps and see what happens. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to. I'm scared. I don't know how to talk to someone. <laughs> but I would always tell my single friends, I remember telling them very specifically, I think you should do five dates with someone because not so much that you need to date five people, but just do five dates to talk to five different people, to understand their personality, to see what you like and what you don't like, just so you can kind of make your own checklist moving forward. And I thought I should probably take my advice on. So mm-hmm. pretty quickly, I mean, it was only a couple of weeks afterwards, I did jump back into the dating apps and I was like, I need to hit five dates before February, like 20, I was like 2019 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went on these five dates and they were so awkward. And I mm. was <laughs> just the most, I was the most awkward human. I just remember my very first date, I went to my friend's house to get ready. She dropped me there and I was hyperventilating so much mm-hmm. before that she just shoved cheese down my throat. And she was like, just calm down. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I kind of I kind of jumped back into dating and you know, I did my five dates and that was that was fun. Um I definitely got to meet some interesting people and I wasn't kind of picky with who I was going on dates with. I just wanted to talk to people because mm. I think when you've been in such a long-term relationship, you genuinely forget how to talk to people and flirt, I would assume. And flirt. <laughs> and I I didn't even know who I was and I didn't even know my own boundaries. That sounds mm. really bad, but like guys would touch my leg and I'm like, oh, is this just, is this just normal? Is this just what, to, mm, oh my like what God. you should, should expect? I really relate to that. I had a guy mm. on a date and he kept touching my leg and it was really annoying me. And I actually stopped mm. him and said, can you please stop touching my leg? Like squeezing it. Mm. Anyway, he ended up ghosting me on the date. Fair. Like, <laughs> thank God. I didn't, he, he walked out. You're better. You're better <laughs> off. You're better off. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Sorry, keep going. That's oh just what God. it reminded of. No, the same thing happened to me. Like I remember this guy squeezing my leg, but I was so fresh that mm. I was just like, I felt uncomfortable, but I didn't say anything. So I'm glad initially I did those kind of five dates because then I took a step back and I was like, what is it that I liked from this? What is it that I didn't like from this? And then I kind of was a bit better when I was, you know, talking to guys on apps and picking who to go out with, for example. And so you've been on the dating apps for a little while now. Too long. <laughs> How do you think dating apps have changed dating, like the good, the bad and the ugly? There is so much choice, mm. which is amazing and terrifying at the yes. same time. Yep. There is so much choice that you are literally the flavor of the hour. Mm. Yep. That's it. Like the fact that you know, you can sit in your bed at like 3am at night, you know, usually what I do, like eating <laughs> peanut butter and I'm just like swiping left, right. And then I'll match with someone, be really excited. I'll send them my little voice memo that I do. And then the next day I'm like, I'm kind of off it. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that it's so convenient is the good and the bad, just all in one. I mean, it goes hand in hand. The fact that there is so much choice for me, I've noticed guys are extremely flaky. It's really bad. It's really bad. I think it's guys and girls. I think it's everyone. Someone sent me a message saying mm. it's brought the whole vibe down of the apps because mm. everyone's flaking on everyone. It's worse, I think, post-COVID for some weird reason. It's definitely <laughs> worse post-COVID. I don't even understand why, but this whole year, my dating history this whole year has been me matching with guys, talking to them, having like back and forth voice conversations for a couple of days, setting up a date. Mm. And then I'm not even joking, day of date, they don't message me. And we've set a general location up, but not a time. Yeah, They won't message me or the day before they're like, oh, I'm sick. Mm. And I'm like, and then they just never follow up or follow through. And yep. I'm like, what's happening? Why am I having such bad luck? I know. And it's not just us, like it's everyone. Mm. It's funny because mm. now that I've experienced, I don't know if you're doing this, but like yesterday I went on a date. I couldn't be bothered because the lockdown was coming in, but I was like, no, go. Mm. You know what it feels like to be flaked on, like you need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's made you more reliable? It has, to be honest. Like I, I was supposed to have a date last weekend and I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I wanted to go. And then I was like, nope, definitely go. I kind of talked myself up into it and I was like, booked my favorite restaurant. And I was like, it'll be good. If the yeah. company sucks, at least like I'm going to eat my favorite food. And then he ended up bailing. And I was yeah. like, I, I wasn't even like that interested. <laughs> I was still going to go. <laughs> this is a, probably a good segue because I've noticed when we chat about dating and I don't know whether this is just a front, so let me know. But you do seem resilient in the face of all these micro-rejections, I call them. They're just the flakiness. Mm, mm. Do you feel like you've built some resilience to it? I definitely have. I try to remind myself that it can't 
be me. And I feel like everything happens for a reason. So I'm a big believer that the universe will like throw things into your life for a reason. For example, last year when it was, you know, COVID was, you know, a real thing. It's obviously still very real now, but it was much more prevalent last year. I had so much luck dating. It was actually insane. Now that I look back on it, I met amazing people. I went on amazing dates. I've made some really, really good friends out of it. And, you know, we're still quite close. And then I look at this year and I'm like, well, nothing's changed. If anything, I've only worked on myself. I've only kind of grown. I've only, you know, realized what I do like, what I don't like. And I feel like my energy is quite positive and like uplifting. So I'm like, it really just can't be me most of what I do is to kind of better myself, just like everyone is just kind of going, you know, their day-to-day life to kind of better themselves and make themselves the best version of themselves. So I try to remind myself that it can't be me. Obviously it does, it does sting and it does hurt a little bit Mm. when I do talk to my guy friends and they're like, oh, we just like met this great girl on an app or, you know, look how many likes I've got. And I'm just like, what is happening? Mm. Why, why is this happening? But I think, I think last year, the universe gave me a lot of dates and a lot of great guys and a lot of amazing experiences because that's what I needed. And I'm just thinking that this year it's fine. It doesn't want me to date mm. through an app. Maybe something's supposed to happen organically. Mm. And I'm I feel just going like to, I must I'm be the same. <laughs> that must be, the universe must be telling me something too. I'm having the same issues. Like, do you have any strategies? Cause my strategy now is if they don't respond for like X amount of days, unmatch. Mm. I'm not wasting my time on people. If they flake, reschedule and then cancel, like, no, I'm just putting boundaries in place about like, this is the kind of person that I want to go on a date with. Yeah. I mean, you're probably better at that than me. I think I probably do give people a few too many second (laughs) chances. I could learn from you on the boundaries. (laughs) But look, if people don't respond to like my, my voice memos when I send them, I'm like, okay, they're obviously not interested. They didn't like what they hear. I can't blame them. I've done that. If they flake or cancel, I think the responsibility lies on whoever flaked to reorganize. Like I flaked on someone a couple of weeks ago and I just was so, so low energy. And I just explained to him, I'm really low energy. I don't think it's worthwhile meeting me at this state. It's better you meet me the next week. And I, and I did, I I tried to reorganize it, you know, a coffee and he wasn't into it. And I was like, that's fine. I think that's true that it's the flaker's responsibility to then set up a date. It definitely is. But in the same token, what I noticed was there was like another person earlier this year where I just wasn't going to be able to make the date and he'd like set something up and he was actually really organized and it was really thoughtful and I just sent him a message being like look I'm really sorry I'm gonna have to bail and I felt bad and I didn't touch base with him for a week because I just got busy the next week I just sent him a really honest message being like look if I'm being really honest I don't actually think I have the time right now to kind of commit to dating and this was a couple of months ago when I was you know moving and I was kind of starting a new job and there was just so much life stuff going on that I really couldn't commit and I just explained it really honestly to him where I was at and I'm like however you know maybe we'll cross paths again in the future and he was like thanks so much for your message lovely like I really appreciate this you didn't Mm. have to send me this but I really appreciate it and I was like if people just communicate we're just honest imagine if people were just like hey I'm having a really bad week or I'm just not feeling that I'm up to date because usually I feel the reason that people flake is you set it up a week ago or whatever, and by the time it comes around, you're really like not in the headspace to meet someone new. Mm. And I think that's yeah. fine. But I think what's happened is it's so rampant that it's really hard for people to understand why it happens so much. Exactly. And that's so this is the reason. This is the reason I started voice noting people mm. on the apps. I mean, A, I'm, I'm time poor, just like everyone's time poor because being an adult is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> but also I'm like, if you can hear my voice, you will understand that I am quite genuine. Yep. And 
a lot of the time, you know, if I say something or if I cancel, like you, you can kind of hear the mood I'm in and like mm. where my personality is at and I can kind of see where you're at. I just find it's a better kind of connection and it's just it's just easier to understand if I'm going to vibe with them yeah. because at the end of the day, I'm sure you don't want to go on a date with someone and spend like three hours with them and just know that you're going to have the worst time. Yeah. It's easier to kind of put that strategy in place to see if you're actually going to have anything to talk about. You've got me onto voice notes. So I don't do them every single yes. time I chat, but I've been doing a lot more <laughs> voice memoing on Bumble actually. Tell me about how you discovered it and how it's changed dating app interactions for yes, you. Yes, I will. I will. So it would have been like last year at some point I was on Bumble and I, I think I joined Bumble last. I think I was like Tinder and Hinge first. And I mean, Tinder is just, no, Tinder is just like not an app that I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hinge, I don't know. I just got a bit over it. So I'm like, let me try Bumble. I know some people who like work at Bumble. I'm like, just, just give this a whirl. And I matched with someone and off the cuff, this guy called me and I was like, whoa, like he used the call feature on Bumble. And I was like, this is a lot. Wow. Like you'd been chatting. No, no. He like, just called. Like I, sent him, I sent him an opening message being like, hi, wow. how are you? What are you doing? And then he just called me. Oh, that's BDE. It was very bold. And Big like, dating app energy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. This is a lot. And so then mm. I didn't, I didn't answer. And he was like, oh, I guess you must not be there. And then like, I waited an appropriate like 20 minutes and I was like, sorry, I was just doing something. And then he tried to call me again. (laughs) And did you answer? No, I was like, I was quite scared. I was like, what's happening? So as a solution, I was like, oh, what is this microphone recording button? Ah. And I clicked it and I was like, oh, I can send a voice note. So I'm like, why don't we voice note? Because I'm doing stuff and this is going to be easier for me. Yes. And that's kind of how I discovered the feature on Bumble. I mean, I, before that, I've been voice noting my friends on like WhatsApp and text just, you know, yep. for a while now, like years, because I find it so much easier. So yeah, that's kind of how the voice note started on Bumble. And him and I, we chatted for a little bit and he kept kind of wanting to move into a phone call, which I just felt a little I felt a little uncomfortable with and I still feel a little bit uncomfortable with a phone call because most of the time you you kind of have to stop what you're doing and really pay attention whereas the reason I like voice notes is because I know I can do something else I can multitask I can send a voice note and I can do something else and then I often tend to segue into other things I might be sending a voice note and I'm just like oh yeah like I just finished cooking my breakfast and it was so awesome and then I'll like send them a photo and then it kind of provides another thing that we can talk about, for example. And then once I saw some kind of success on it, I just started coming up with these custom openers. Now I have like three openers that I use. I think we need (laughs) to hear some of the, I'll give you my opener too. Okay. And I look, I do try to put on like a little bit of a voice. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even judge me. Go on, let's hear it. Oh, okay. It's it's a bit cringe. I played it for my mum, my sister and my friends. And they're like, Alicia, this is not what you sound like. (laughs) So... If, for example, like often I find that they have their star sign in their bio. Yep. So I feel like it's a really nice segue into it. I'm a cancer and sometimes I find that they're a cancer as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll often be like, hey, Mark, just wanted to send you a voice note. I bet you didn't know this feature existed. I see on your profile that you're a cancer and I'm a <laughs> cancer. And I just wanted to know who you thought was older. Anyway, send me a voice note back. Bye. <laughs> I love that. You did put on a voice. It was like a cute, sexy voice. That's love it. Tr- <laughs> and my friend's like, this is noise. <laughs> 
So I usually say, yeah. hey, um, I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. Hope you don't mind me sending the voice note. Some people don't like it, but I think it's like a nice way to get to know someone or something like that. And then usually I take something from their bio and ask them a question. Mm. I usually match with guys that are like into traveling and stuff that I'm into. So usually I'm like, oh, when the pandemic's over, like where's the first place you're going to travel? But to be honest with you, I've had, have you had mixed reactions to the voice memos? Um, I would say I've had like 80% of guys voice note me back quite positively and just be like, A, I didn't know this feature existed. So it's either I get the response, I didn't know this feature existed. This is awesome. This works for me. I much prefer this. The second kind of response I'll get is, oh, wow, that's bold of you. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. I don't know if I want to kind of keep talking to this person. And then the third response I get is they just send me a text being like, hey, you have a nice voice. And I was like, the point is that I can hear your voice. <laughs> Most guys, I would say the same 80% send a voice memo back and quite a few say they've never received a voice memo before. It's their first one, but they really vibe mm. it. But I did have one yeah. guy, no, two guys say that they're not comfortable sending voice memos or they're not comfortable, which is interesting because I was like, yeah. is turning up to a date less scary than sending a voice memo? Because to me, turning up to yeah. a date is scarier. Totally. I Now, I actually have a rule. I won't go on a date with someone if they haven't sent me a voice memo or if they're uncomfortable with that. I recently had a guy I matched with who was like, oh, I don't really believe in voice memos. I'll give you a call. And then I was yeah. like, mm, okay, yeah. you said that. And I, you know, if, if anything's going to go further, sure. So I gave him my number and then he called me straight away. And I was like, okay, yeah. wow, like, at least I can still hear your voice. But I won't go out with someone unless I hear their voice because I've been on I've been on so many boring dates and I don't know how to get out of them I'm like I'm kind of the person that just ends up on these nine hour dates and I don't know what to do sometimes you need to do something about that (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to leave the dating coach that I had on here would say that because you're doing proper screening then that's okay. Mm. Like she said that you've got to do proper screening before you go on a physical date. And so you're doing voice memos, which means that you're getting a sense of their personality. So I think it's fine to do like three or four hour dates with someone you know you have chemistry with. That's true. I mean, to be honest, since I've kind of started voice memoing whilst I've had lots of guys send me memos back, none of them have actually followed through. (sighs) So I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is me too. Like I've spoken to a hundred guys and haven't been, I've been on one day. I don't understand. <laughs> it is what it is. And look, at the end of the day, they've been blessed with my voice. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> it's not the way I look at it. And I do have one other question for you. Yeah. You send them a voice memo. They send one back. You're not vibing it. What do you do? <laughs> That's really awkward. How do you deal with that? I have. I have the best. Hopefully this guy is still on Bumble and he hasn't like deleted this account because I will send you this. Yeah. And it's perfect because it literally like the opener I used was the you're a cancer, I'm a cancer. And he voiced, he voiced memed me back. And I thought his voice was going to be like, you know, really nice and deep and masculine. And when I heard it, I was just like, holy, I cannot, I absolutely abort, abort, abort. It was just a complete, every, every sense of me was like abort mission. You weren't vibing his voice. Like you didn't feel the chemistry on a voice level. Yeah. No, no, not at all. And, um, I just didn't reply. Yeah. He sent me another voice memo and he was like, Hey, how's it going? I haven't heard from you. Are you still using this app? And then I didn't reply oh yep and then he sent me a text and I was like I don't know what to say so I just literally was like hey I'm really sorry I'm just taking some time to work on myself which look this has obviously happened a few times where you don't 
you don't obviously have that connection with someone's voice and you don't vibe what you're hearing. And if you guys have called me out on it and they're like, oh, you obviously didn't like what you heard. And I just, I'm not proud of this. I just don't respond. Yeah. So I feel the same. Like I don't know how to, yeah, this is the hard thing to do with the voice memos. Like how do you let someone down if you're not feeling the vibe or is it just like every other conversation you have on the apps where it just kind of like fizzles out? Because 80% of conversations fizzle out. Yeah, they do. And so I think if you've, if you've like committed to talking to someone and they have your number and you just straight up stop voice memoing them or like ghost them, I think that's quite rude. Yeah. Because you've obviously taken it to the stage of you've given them your number, you've given them your Instagram, you've given them some other form of way to contact you. But if you're just talking on the app, I think, I mean. Yeah. You're allowed to not pursue a conversation if you're not feeling it. This is another thing that I am still on the fence about because I know I've spoken to a lot of friends who they've spoken to a guy for four days or they've actually put in more than just half a day of chat and then their last message won't be responded to. Do you feel that's bad etiquette on the apps? Let me, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you a story. (laughs) Go. So... I matched with this guy and he lives a kilometer from me. Mm. Okay. One kilometer. And we were chatting and he loved the voice memo idea. So we moved on to WhatsApp and I'm talking, we were sending each other like four to five minute voice notes every three or four hours for five days straight. Mm. We organized to go to Korean barbecue, like one of my favorite places. And then the day before he didn't respond to my voice note. And then the day of, he's like, I'm so sorry. I realized I have my aunt 60th and I have to cancel. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It's chill. Like whatever. Left it for a couple of days, followed up again with like a voice memo being like, Hey, how's your aunt 60th? Cause that's what we were doing. And he just never logged back onto WhatsApp, mm. never saw it. And then three days later, blocked me. Mm, yep. I, this and is, I was like, yep. cool. So like I was, I was obviously quite upset because like I don't understand what had happened because I just thought we had such a good connection and such a good vibe and there was so much kind of flirtation I was actually really looking forward to this date and he seemed to be really looking forward to it so I was very confused anyway we live a kilometer away from each other right so I said to my flatmate I'm like for sure I will run into him because I run into almost every single person I've dated in the most awkward way possible Mm, and three weeks ago picking up some packages from Australia Post I run into him He's sitting there eating ribs. I'm walking past and I'm just like, Aaron? And he just looked at me and I'm just like, holy shit, please remember me. Please remember me. (laughs) And he's like, Alicia? In my mind, I'm like, thank God you remembered who I was. He's like, sit down. And I was like, okay, great. So we're like having this chat Mm. and he's just like word vomiting all of the stuff that's happening in his life. He's obviously quite anxious because he's telling me about his like dog and like a court date and all this kind of like random stuff that's happening. Mm. Anyway, he's like, I should probably go, you know, I've got stuff to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, me too. But I just said to him before he left, I'm like, look, I have to ask what happened because yeah. I don't know. And I just, I wanted to know. And he just ended up telling me that he got really scared and that he wasn't ready. And he's like dealing with his own trauma and healing with it. And he ended up, he's like seeing someone, like he's seeing a therapist to work through it. And that he felt really bad for what he did to me and that he was wondering when we were going to run into each other. And I was like, oh, wow. So, I mean, that was a nice little kind of closure moment for someone who just randomly ghosted me. <laughs> this is the thing about ghosting is that it leaves the person wondering what they did wrong. Honestly. Even though it's usually about the person that ghosted. Exactly. Yeah. I was very hurt by that rejection mm. because we it had been hurtful. talking for so long. I was just so confused because I thought – 
I thought you had such a good idea of who I was by the end of the four or five days and you seem so excited to then randomly not only ghost me but actually physically go to the extent of blocking someone. I was like, that's pretty intense. Yeah, the blocking's really hurtful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I was like, you just don't, like you kind of know me but you also don't know me at the same time. So I had to sit back and I was like, this really isn't about you, this really isn't about you. And I didn't believe it until mm. I finally ran into him and I was like, okay, great, this really wasn't about me. Mm. Final topic that I wanted to talk about was we've both spoken about not drinking on dates anymore. How are you finding it? Oh, my gosh. It's so frustrating, honestly. So I stopped drinking on dates probably like October last year. I just started kind of going on to a bit of a fitness kick and I I realized I was just drinking way too much on dates. Like there was one date that I went on and I just drank way too much and I ended up at this guy's house Mm. like – I woke up the next day in his bed and he wasn't even there. And I was like, whoa, what had happened? But like he, thank God, was like such a sweetheart. He was like on the couch and I was just like in his bed and he was like, you just drank way too oh, much. I know. I know. slept on the couch. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know where that story was no, going. No, no, no. Honestly, yeah, okay. such a sweetheart. And we're, and we're actually still really good right. friends. And like we joke about it now. But I kind of after that, I was like, okay, I think I need to stop drinking. And I really wanted to start working on my health and myself. So I haven't drunk for a little while. But what I find is that I'll always tell a guy before we go out, I always say to them, hey, look, I just want to let you know I don't really drink. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. And we'll go on a date and they'll say to me like, oh, what do you want to drink? And I was like, I'll just get a Coke Zero. And then they're like, are you sure you don't want a wine? And I was like, no, remember I told you I wasn't drinking. And they'll let it go Mm. for maybe like 20 minutes. And then they'll get themselves a drink because I say to them, of course, you're more than welcome to drink in front of me. This is my choice. And then they're like, oh, you know, why don't you just have a sip? Like, what's one drink going to do? Like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, it's not really the way I look at drinking now. The way I look at drinking and dating is that I obviously love a glass of red wine. You know, I'm more than happy to go out and drink with my friends. But I don't know why guys should see that side of me because, A, like, who are you? I don't know you. B, I'd rather get. I'd rather like, you know, have a good weekend and get like drunk with my friends and like make those memories with my friends and see, I'd rather save my calories if I'm being honest. Have you found that there's any awkwardness? Like, have you found it harder to sort of relax? I think they find it harder. Mm. I'm pretty chatty. I think, I think my one thing is I know that if I go on a date with someone, they'll probably, they'll probably be like, okay, at least you can like talk. Cause I'll just kind of keep talking and talking and talking. I don't necessarily find it awkward but I find it very disrespectful when they continuously ask me if I want to drink when I've said to them multiple times Mm. I'm not drinking and I I actually go out of my way on dates to say to them in the beginning like oh you know I'm not drinking and I've had so many guys in the past try to pressure me and then that person will end up doing the exact same thing just they think they're doing it in a different way but it's just you know if if I don't want to drink I don't want to drink I don't see why it's a big deal I can't believe that there's been pressure for you to drink. Yeah. And I explained to them, like, the drinking is not about the fact that I don't drink. It's just the fact that I am really conscious about my fitness. And I do drink. I just choose to drink with select people. And I also would like Mm. to get to know the guy sober. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Do you have any final, like, what's your number one dating tip, do you reckon, for people listening that are having a hard time on the dating apps? Because there's lots of us. There's so many. I'm having a hard time. (laughs) Um, My number one dating tip is, well, first of all, definitely get onto the voice memos. It is going to change how you screen people, honestly. It's going to give you a better Mm, vibe check. Agree. And also, I guess just just communicate. I think actually, to be honest, that's probably my biggest dating tip. If you have set up 
a date, like you mentioned a week ago, and you don't feel like it, or you're really low energy, I think if you communicate with someone, that's where you're at, they're more likely to, I guess, resonate with it. Mm, I think that's, I agree. Like, I think it's okay to change plans, but if there's more vulnerability and more honesty, people probably will feel less rejected. Exactly. Everyone understands that, you know, there's ups and downs as long as you communicate it. Yeah. It might be over communication, but I almost feel like that's needed when there's so much choice and it, the fact that being flaky is so normal now. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, this is such a good chat. Thank you so oh, much no for joining. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Highlight of my week. <laughs> Can't wait to send more voice memos to each other on yes. Insta with all of that. Can't wait. <laughs> with all I of got, our dating stories. I, got, I have my fingers crossed post-lockdown. You're just going to like run into this man of your dreams and his <laughs> voice is going to just sweep you off your feet. Everything. <laughs> so what'd you think, Linda? Oh, so what did you think, Linda? <laughs> I love all the chat about voice notes And I can imagine if you turned up to a date and their voice was putting you off for whatever reason and you had to sit there for a couple of hours knowing (laughs) it was not and could not go any further, that would be pretty hard. Has that ever happened to you? Um, Yeah. (laughs) It has. Do you know what? I think think there's a voice for everyone. Like I don't think people have bad voices, but I think you are attracted to certain voices. It activates the sexy senses in your brain when you hear a voice that that you like. So I think everyone likes different voices. Like I really do think that. That's true. My only bad voice experience was I went to a new dentist who had taken over my old dentist's practice. She would have been (laughs) mid-40s-ish and she Mm. had a very, very distinctive baby voice. Mm. And that might, like some people might like that, but I went twice and then I couldn't actually go (laughs) back again because it was causing me so much agitation. I don't know why, but reclined with my mouth open, I was just screaming in my head. Right. But anyway, I've done some deep diving into voice notes Mm. and I've reached out to your favourite voice as he's in Australia at the moment and (laughs) lo and behold... What I got a fuck? response. No, you didn't. You're so, such a f- so, No, Hannah. So I'm going to play it for you. Are you ready? Wait, are you? What are you doing? <laughs> what the Have fuck you, is going on? Let's okay. play. Play it. Hello, Hannah. It's your favourite Irishman here. Uh, your ma reached out to me there. I'm up in the Gold Coast filming at the moment. Uh, so I said I'd give you a shout. A <laughs> um, bit about me. I'm 45. Linda says, yeah, that's a perfect age for you. Um, and it's about time I settle down, to be honest. I'm in good health. Uh, I don't drink. I just ran the Brisbane Marathon, so I'm fit as a fiddle. Um, I've had about 18 girlfriends over the years, but maybe it's time to settle down. Anyways, if you like this voice, note, let's connect. Rope in to do that. Come oh, on, my God. Come on. It's him, you silly no. girl. Come on. I I know his voice. That is not <sighs> his voice. Really? Who the, who the hell did you get to do that? And very last minute, a special shout out to my niece's husband, Connor, who did an oh, excellent my job. God. <laughs> Damn, I thought you might have thought oh, what? God. Just for a minute. I did for when when you said I've got I honestly for a minute was like that's amazing I I can't believe he did that for you I know how nice was that that was so, so nice <laughs> <laughs> well Linda you are the content queen proving yourself once again thank you for that 
I'd actually forgotten we had oh. a lovely Irishman in the family because I started Googling Colin Farrell impersonators. Oh, my there, God. There's one in the UK and then, of course, I saw the Colin Farrell has gone back to LA, so it wasn't possible no, he anymore. Ha- has he? He was in the Brisbane Marathon, I think, a week ago, and then he obviously left. So bad Wait, luck. Really? Damn yeah. it. How do you know that? I'm very good on uh, spying on people. <laughs> That's it from us this week. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. See you next week.